inside the off stump. Oh, he's caught it! I don't believe it! Tom Kola Cadmore has caught the most magnificent catch at short third man. It's the end of Daniel Sams, and Somerset have won the Vitality Blast 2023. They've bowled Essex out for 131. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd, and joining me this evening, I've got Steve Tancock, Dan Kingdom, President of Somerset CCC, Peter Wanless, and the voice of cricket on BBC Radio Somerset, who has shouted that voice hoarse on Saturday night, Anthony Gibson. Dan, have you calmed down? Because you were a bloody nervous wretch sat next to me on Saturday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, weirdly, I think it was more nervous during the semi-final. I don't know. I, yeah, I know uh, you were. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, Just to yeah, explain, dear great, listener, yeah. you've, if you've heard of restless leg syndrome, Dan's got restless everything syndrome <laughs> when it's getting a bit tense. So, uh, Just but with due, yeah, but with due, uh, due deservance, if that's even a word, because boy, we did not do it the easy way, did we? No, I mean both games were they were very similar, really, weren't they? Mm. Um, we obviously we obviously got what was you know probably under par, but I think our bowlers made it look par. I think um, yeah, I mean thank God for Sean Dixon in both the matches, really. Just to explain, um, sorry, just if I just interrupt, just to explain, listeners, Somerset won the fucking Vitality Blast on Sunday, <laughs> on Saturday. Get in there, come on. Um. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was. I think one of the one of the things that's not been mentioned too much, I think, is that while Banton, TKC, and Smith didn't really fire, they did score more than the other team in the power play in both games. I think even though they only scored more, no more than twenty or so, um, Banton scored a twenty twenty or didn't they? I think the, both, the fact that both power plays got to sort of forty six or so, didn't they? That was a big factor, and then the fact that we we bowled really well first up and you know both times and got several wickets in the power play. So yeah, both matches were just unbelievable. They were just as weren't they? Um, Henry and Overton were absolutely incredible in the power play again. Um, Green and uh, Gregory stepped up again. Um, Gregory's been brilliant this season with the ball. So much improved on the last few years. Ish Sodi's been you know one of the best signings um, we've made in recent years. Um, five games basically flawless. I think every time he comes on the bowl. I'm thinking, yep, yeah, good. It should be four solid overs, and he always delivers. So, yeah, it was just an absolutely unbelievable day. Um, I mean, both, both games, obviously, we went through the ringer because that's the way the summer said do it. I'm just so relieved that after seven finals days of failure, <laughs> we finally got over the line, and it's just all that relief. You know, the, the pain is now so much less of all the previous finals days because we finally won one. And deservedly so, with one of the greatest, possibly the greatest T20 campaign of all time. You know, no one has ever won 15 games in a in a tournament. It's yeah, absolutely unbelievable in so many ways. Yeah, just absolutely incredible. Like you say, just a a day where we got put through the ringer. The weather unbelievably held off. We lost about I think 11, 12 overs of rain uh, to to the rain, something like that. Gibbo, you were in a proper commentary box today. No danger of the mm. bloody media centre at Edgbaston blowing over. <laughs> so no, what did you make of it from your lofty heights? Well, you're a bit cut off in the media Oh, my centre. God. No pleasing some people, is there? <laughs> no, no Well, I'd sooner be, be out in amongst the crowd where you can actually sense the, the atmosphere because you couldn't really hear 
where the cheering was coming from and and you know oh, i tell you where it was block six seven and eight of the raglan stand gibbo that's where the somerset contingent were but it, it was you were a long way away and i couldn't see where the somerset <laughs> contingent were but yeah it was great and um yeah i mean I, I thought they just held their nerve really well i think they took their cue from the captain who i thought captained them absolutely brilliantly you know he, he never panicked he, ne he never lost his cool he, he you know he handled his bowlers brilliantly and i think they took their cue from him so that it went when it came down to the wire on in both games they delivered when they could so easily have, have, have panicked and gone to pieces and uh, i thought it was a really really mature performance um, particularly from the boulders and the fielding was just out of this world you know epitomized by the that final catch by tom cola cadmore but, but there were many other brilliant catches uh, as well I, you know i thought i just thought it was a great great all-round team performance and it's been a team performance all the way through the campaign mm -hmm. everyone has contributed in in one way uh, or, or another i think the important and, thing uh, is every somebody has contributed when somebody else has failed we haven't had a collective brain fade you know, whenever the, the top order has, has failed, the middle order have come in and, and taken it up. And I think that's actually a strength of this side, that you've got those three hitters at the top, uh, Smead, Banton and TKC. And then coming in behind them, you've got almost sort of what you, I don't want to say proper players, but do you know what I mean? Like like Dixon. I mean, what price would you have given me in April if I'd have wanted to have a five quid on Sean Dixon to be top scorer in the final and semi-final on finals day? Yeah. What? In yeah. Just incredible. But it was that that sort of pitch, that sort of day where, and that's kind of been our, our game plan, is if the top order fail, we've, we've got plan B of the guys who can knock it around and also hit the boundaries. I mean, Abes is just epitomises that. I know he played a couple of daft shots on Saturday, but he is the, uh, his game is, if you can't hit a boundary, he will find that gap between long on and deep mid wicket, the very centre of that gap to the centimetre, and he'll pick up a two risk-free just just incredible um i mean yeah it was such an emotional day at, at the end there uh players the fans supporters members support staff all singing uh blackbird together uh, a few people need to remember that, that there's a second verse to blackbird because it, <laughs> it, it kind of stopped sort of after they did the first all right and then it's like, on me farm working for the sheep and then it kind of picked up again but just yeah at the end there for about an hour with the players milling around, all the fans, the squad members. You know, I think it's James Rue, old Ned Leonard were in, in the stands. Alfie Ogborn was there as well. Just that real, I'm getting goosebumps and welling up thinking about it now, just that real family feel, which I think is, it might not be unique to Somerset, but we have certainly got it much more than any other, any other county. And it was there to experience that on Saturday night was experience that I'm sure you'll never forget Dan and I'll, I'll never forget as well it was just absolutely unbelievable and uh, let's do it all again next year is all I can say <laughs> Steve must have been a special oh, I was watching remotely I'm afraid but uh, hmm. yeah it was it was horrible in one way wasn't it because I don't think there was ever a time where I felt we were ahead of the game and just at the point in both both from games when we were batting and when we were bowling, it was that if these two can just stay together for three overs and we lost a wicket, and then we get a wicket, immediately you'd be thinking we need this one of these two out quickly now. Do you know what I mean? It always mm -hmm. felt on the edge. Um, I must admit, I was pretty low after we batted in the semi-final. 
I really couldn't see Surrey chase um, failing to chase that down. But then, as you said, once you've gotten to the power play, and we sort of sowed a lot of seeds of doubt in the Surrey batting's mind, they really weren't in it at all, were they? They were. They always seemed behind the game. I mean, Jordan for a while threatened, but you know, I. I just find it amazing, and it was in the final, and it was a huge credit to Lewis's captaincy that Rossington had the long handle on Craig for that first over. And I don't think there was an iota of doubt in Lewis's mind, we will stick to the plan here, Craig is going to bowl through. When a lot of captains, I think, in the final would have gone, oh, uh, uh, yeah, let's um, change it up, up here and do something different. Yeah, well, I think I'll they took their cue on. from the Surrey game, didn't they, Essex? They thought, right, Rossington is just going to go out and try and knock 40 out of this as quickly yep. as he can, and then we'll make it a bit easier. But, like I said, mm. what a catch by Casey Aldridge as well at point. Yeah. That was oh. going like a tracer bullet. Yeah, and he caught it almost behind him. It was, yeah. you know, back twisting over his left shoulder almost to catch it. I was, mm -hmm. I think it was one of those where if he hadn't caught it cleanly, he would have been in Edgbaston or Birmingham General by 20 minutes later yeah. with bits of his hand being rearranged because it was that sort of catch. But then I was, I was saying to Debbie, who actually, the, one of the great miracles of the day was she was glued to it for most of the second half of the semi-final and the final. So that was a nice, nice to have her on board for once. But I was saying to her, and, and at times like that, my dad is always very close and I get quite emotional. And he used to do the thing, if Peter will remember and Anthony, in the old days you had the scorecards with the boxes at the bottom for runs at the end of the over. And he would keep that going and he would be looking, so we need a good over here, either you know, two off the over or we need to score 10 sort of thing. And it was just to that point where I was thinking, as um, Essex were chasing, oh, we need to keep them under five. And I could almost hear him saying it. Mm -hmm. And I think that was probably the collective mindset of most Somerset supporters who weren't at the ground. It was slightly away from the emotion of it. Well, it's funny you say that. We're probably looking at the Duckworth-Lewis pass score just as much as mm -hmm. we were looking at the at the pitch, weren't we? Uh, we were never really, they were never really too far away. I think like, Essex got a little bit ahead. And then we pegged them back, and then they got about ten behind, and they, and they never recovered from that. But oh, yeah, just utterly incredible. Pete, uh, I, di I didn't see you there, but um, uh, you weren't, I, dressed, I you weren't just... dressed up as Stumpy, were you? And then you felt no. ashamed to come out and, uh, and face the media. He was dressed afterwards. as lanky. I resisted. Oh. I resisted doing a John Terry and sort of coming onto the pitch <laughs> and claiming credit for my presidency of uh, this remarkable uh, victory. Um, but I was uh, I was very much there, and you know, like Dan, going through the ringer of year after year after year, pitching up and being disappointed and not quite imagining that we were going to pull it off. So um, I they allocated um, Somerset and Surrey together one of the um, hospitality rooms I know. at the opposite I, I bumped end of the into, ground. Uh, I bumped into but, the other two of the Holy Trinity as they were going in. Uh, Sir Michael Barber and uh, yeah. uh, let's call him Sir Gordon Hollins so he doesn't feel well, left out as well. Gordon was um, white as a ghost through <laughs> almost the entirety of the two games. I mean, if you think Dan was nervous, he was really live in every ball so that was quite something I, at one point i couldn't sit close to him because he just looks so so sick um but the the surrey lot are uh um, i mean some listeners will be surprised by this but they are a lovely 
group of people. Their president, Trish, is amazing. And their committee are a fantastic group of people. And um, so if we were going to so, so if we were going to have a team to share with, it would be them. And they were completely... They did. They had no confidence uh, ahead of the game. Um, they had plenty of confidence halfway through <laughs> the semi-final, um, but they were very much with us. And you know, there was no love for Hampshire or for Essex. So, um, <laughs> so, so all of that worked pretty well. Um, then above us was the other room, which had Hampshire and Essex people in it. Um, and for mm. most of the final. Um, we had these, um, I assume they were sort of West Ham supporters who were singing Essex and Massive everywhere they go. I was and, just uh, going to bring that up, Pete, because <laughs> <coughs> they seemed to go quite quiet after about they did, didn't 45 they? minutes of their, of yeah. their innings. Um, that was very satisfying. Yeah. You weren't getting too sort of tribalistic and football-y. We're giving it all that and... Uh, well, there were a few. Uh, there were a few Somerset fans, sort of straight in front of us, who were um, uh, given as good as they got back to these um, uh, Essex people. But uh, no, it was an in, it was an incredible, uh, incredible day and evening. Um, I mean, for me, it's been quite well publicised on the um, uh, on the in the in the news. But that statistic about Somerset taking 151 possible wickets out of 170 in 70 games it's is astonishing. remarkable and I always had I never think Somerset are going to win until they do but I always believed that we could take wickets and so long as we kept taking wickets we were we were okay what I was less confident about was that we could contain the runs especially if um, Craig and Matt Henry don't get off to a good start and in that final match both of them went for 14 in their first over so I mean Matt Henry got a wicket with his last ball but he'd been tonked all over the place as well as Craig so your point about sticking to the plan that does take some uh, nerve but thankfully we got that wicket at the end of the second over and it was just enough to uh, uh, to keep going and on we went so yeah fantastic can't stop smiling about it actually yeah it's just been like that i mean i've i i dread to think how many times i've watched the replay of that catch i have put it uh, on repeat for 25 minutes on youtube if anybody wants to uh just to sit there and watch that uh i could probably put it on for three or four hours because somebody would sit and watch that i knew i would just going back to that catch um that tkc took to win the game we made that rarest of beasts in that we left Shoah Bashir out from the side that won the semi-final where he, he uh, I don't think he, did he bat? I see, he certainly didn't bowl. No. And we brought in Casey Aldridge. Now, if we don't bring in Casey Aldridge, possibly somebody else is at point for that Rossington catch. And I think I'm right in saying, Dan, Shoah had been a short third most yeah. of the time we saw he was because that was kind of where we were down at, at short third so no disrespect to Shoeb I, but yeah. I may or I mean, may, may or may not have taken that catch to, to secure victory but it just goes to show uh, these little fine margins finally they have gone in our favour uh, for yeah. example that Critchley caught and bowled <laughs> he took it. I, I said on commentary, oh. he took it. I, I could see that he, he well, put his fingers. Up we we both thought it was out. I we couldn't were... understand the third yeah. decision. 
We both thought well, it was out. I, I saw the big screen and I immediately said he, he can't give that because just the way it looked. Mm, I just yeah. thought, because initially, yeah, initially I agree. Initially my thing was, yeah, out. But when, when we saw it? the big screen, I thought, no, third umpires do not give those. And I, it's, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a huge moment. Again, the, that one and the TKC catch and the old just catch, they're, they're moments that often would go against us in on finals day. But the, the soft time, signal was out. That's the thing. It was, yeah. The replay, the soft signal was out. It was out. I know, it's because it was out. But, I mean... But why don't they give it on the field? You know, it, it, especially I, that I, type of decision. I don't know. I mean, you see it much, much more clearer on the field than you can on the replay. Oh, yeah. I mean, from where we sit, it looked like he caught it two or three inches, probably a couple of inches more off the ground and then just slid along with his hands. I mean, no, it, it was not out from where I was sitting. Well, was I was just going to yeah. say, I mean, let's be fair. Essex have never claimed a catch that wasn't a catch no, be- no, exactly. before. So it, it yeah, yeah. cannot possibly be the cricket in God's exhibiting some karma uh, for example i don't know maybe a dodgy catch at short leg off off craigo in the championship game a couple of weeks a couple of months ago or whenever that was it certainly was yeah oh, that dear. wasn't a catch. never mind eh? <laughs> uh, oh do you know what else is funny have you seen uh, essex's second 11 game at billy cricket club has been abandoned mm-hmm. because the pitch is unfit for play <laughs> oh to be an essex fan hashtag eagles no, was it hashtag fly like an eagle? Oh, never mind. Such good fun to finally have those lot on the uh, on the losing side. Oh dear, yeah. I mean, just an incredible day. The loan system worked as well. Ben got TikTok Todd, Todd Lindley back on loan from West Ham. He was wandering around uh, doing a few bits and bobs with the fans. There was quite a few of the Somerset backroom staff who I won't name, but they were absolutely sloshed at about three o'clock in the afternoon. It was great fun watching, seeing those guys. Uh, I'm amazed one of them, uh, I shouldn't name names. Actually, no, it was Dan Cooper. They weren't that bad. He just coming up the stairs with a tray and I thought, you're going to spill one of those, Dan. But to his credit, he didn't. And uh, J-Lo and a few of the others from the office having having a great day as well. Dan did decide to turn up in a Max Waller shirt that was about three sizes too small for him, though, but he looked quite buff in it, so I'll, uh, we'll let him off. Oh, Sorry, can you just clarify that you didn't say Dan Kingdom? You said Dan Cooper. Dan Cooper, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. just making that clear for the listeners that you said Dan Cooper, yeah, because it could have been misconstrued. <laughs> well, you, well, you don't work at Somerset, Dad. No, I know. I'm just, I know, I'm just making it 100% clear. Oh, dear. So what do we make of the pitch there? Because obviously the preparation was slightly hampered with the weather on on Friday and a little bit on Saturday as well. But, cool, those two pitches did not half make for... Well, not say two pitches. That pitch did not half make for two cracking games of cricket. I mean, I would say as a neutral, think back probably to the Surrey-Middlesex game. The one where Middlesex chased, I don't know, 240, 250, whatever it was at the Oval. And contrast that with watching those that semi-final and the final. For my money, there's only one winner in you know what would be a better game for the neutral. And I just sometimes wonder that is is a flat pitch a bad pitch for T Twenty cricket? Is it better to have that little balance between bat and ball? I think you want a variety. I think you want some flat pitches. You want some pitches for something for the bowlers. You want some pitches where you know in the middle where one seventy, one eighty is part. I think. You need the low scorers to appreciate the high scorers and the high scorers to appreciate the low scorers. So, yeah, a lot of people were complaining about the Edgbaston pitch. But I think, yeah, as you said, the weather uh, obviously affected preparation. Um, but, yeah, it made for the three amazing games of cricket, really. Um, I think it would be nice to have a few high-scoring finals days. They always seem to be sort of middling to low-scoring. But, yeah, I, 
think it was fine. Yeah. And I, th- I think you want variety in T20 cricket of conditions and pitches and stuff. So it wasn't it wasn't just the pitch, was it? The outfield was wet, so uh, lots of the balls. Uh, yeah. If you hit it along the ground, it wasn't going to go very far. If you hit it in the air, it kind of plugged and and yeah. stopped where it was. It was really windy, um, which I didn't yeah. appreciate. I must admit, in my uh, protected uh, location. Oh. But when I watched some of it back on the on the TV. Um, it makes some of those catches all the more remarkable um, uh, in those conditions. I mean, it was, it was very, very difficult and unpleasant um, to, to play in, wasn't it? In addition to um, the the wicket holding up and well, being it just a bit makes sort of those, sticky. All the catches we took even more remarkable. I think we were, apart from Ish Sodi, had a bit of a ruck down at fine leg. I'm not sure whether he missed, he lost the ball in the lights. He lost He lost his footing or something. But apart from that, I think we were... He lost, it, he lost it in the lights. And then when he tried to adjust, he lost his footing. But yeah, and he's not the greatest fielder in the world in the first place. No. But apart, but apart from that, I think we were pretty faultless in the field, weren't we? I don't remember much going wrong, if anything. And it's been like that through the whole campaign. And in the campaign as a whole, Craig Overton's taken more catches than anyone ever, including any wicketkeeper. It's mental. Yeah. I mean, there's so and many the stats. Record, it was Josh Butler in... Well, Josh Butler's joint with A.B. de Villiers, I think. The previous oh, really? record in 2010 for us. So. What? I didn't oh, realise A.B. de Villiers... Don't, let a good, don't get a fact get in the way of a good uh, line. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you could probably... We could probably do another hour on all the stats. So what have you got? And in the records, well, he and Craig Overton and Tom Abel are just about level at the highest percentage of catches per match at around about just 0.7 of a catch per innings throughout their their T20 careers, and they are numbers one and two in the entire list of catches in T20 cricket in this country, and you know, and that that really puts and, and Max Waller's not far down either, you know, he's he's in about sixth or seventh. So, it, you know, the catching has been absolutely outstanding. And, you know, dear old Don Topley has been uh, consistently has been saying that Somerset mm-hmm. are far and away the best fielding side in this season's blast. And that's and that's right. So it's being acknowledged by other counties as well. Yeah, it's just incredible. I, I, can, I can remember one off the top of my head. It might have been Tom Abel at deep mid-wicket and it would have been an absolute worldie mm-hmm. if he took it, running in and, and diving almost full stretch. Apart he missed from two, that, actually. He missed really? two, did Topley. Yeah, yeah. Two? Yeah. Very unlikely. Oh Very God. unlike him. I must have scrubbed the other one from my memory. Well, one was one was uh, up in front of the Hildreth stand and the other was in front of the where my commentary cabin was. So, so the one was... I'm thinking of is probably in front of the Hildreth stand. Yeah. That's the one well, I'm you can't really of. say where your commentary cabin is, Gibbo, because it, it blows all over the ground. So it could be... No, know. no, my, my, old, my old commentary <laughs> Oh, cabin. the old one. No, not the bus, the bus stop. <laughs> But so they were both in cow corner basically with the bowling from different ends but that's i but suppose it is another test that's the exception that proves the rule to lewis's cap- there are a couple of uh, there were a couple of uh, chances in the first game that where essex fielders didn't even go for the catch that i feel somerset fielders would have turned into catches which yeah. was interesting. At least, at least one of them was well, i can Snater remember one in, of those yeah in front of us yeah who 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 Suddenly became a revelation, didn't he? In the in the final, yeah. there's an there's an Essex uh, supporter I know who said we're never going to win anything while we've got Beard and Snater in our team. So I kept saying that to people, and then Snater starts bowling like a 
absolute blind. Yeah, but te- technically, Pete, he was right. <laughs> I suppose he was in the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, it was just, yeah, just great to be there. Somerset comfortably again the most well represented county. I think we had probably a, a block and a half of that stand. There was quite a few Hampshire fans there. Saw a lot of yellow shirts. Didn't see many Surrey. Didn't see many Essex. Put a few more Essex and Surrey. But again, the... it was quite weird. There didn't seem to be a clear block of Surrey or Essex fans. I don't know. It's odd. But maybe it's because they were too far away from us to notice, or maybe they just weren't as loud as us. Or maybe because they just didn't turn up. Yeah, well, maybe. Because, yeah, well, Surrey, the Surrey allocation went all the way to general sale, whereas Mm. our allocation sold out in the first hit. All the members snapped up all the tickets. I don't know whether. Would they take that into account? Would they give us more? Because we're generally a more well supported club, and they would go on the marketing analytics of saying, well, Somerset want. We only sold the X amount of Surrey, but Somerset will sell more. I don't know. I doubt it. I think it'd be the same for every county. Remember, Surrey haven't been at finals day where fans have been allowed since, I think, 2014, which is another reason why I was surprised there were so few Surrey fans there. I thought it'd be a novelty for them. They've not been there for ages, so mm. they'd uh, they'd come. But, yeah. yeah. They're at Wimbledon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or Henley or, Dudes, or the Opera or something like that. Who was I speaking to that said that you, even though Surrey sell their T20s out, it's not really to members, it's more of just a, a night out for your city types and they all just go and get pissed and whatever. And they're, Oh, they're, they've got a lot of members. Yeah, but are they, are, they, are they the going to T20 type members? Yeah, yeah, yeah I think the atmosphere... They brilliant, aren't they? Mm. It's a great atmosphere at the Oval. It really is. Yeah. Maybe they just don't travel. They, they realised what I realised on my way back that the m40 was closed um and the m25 was closed oh, yeah. so it oh, was yeah. a very very long uh, and difficult journey back mm-hmm. maybe i should have stayed over but uh, there we are yeah well i did stay over we had we had fun on on saturday night um as so i went up with uh i went with harry uh, harry everett sam darling you know from the live stream and uh, lewis whose name i've forgotten who writes for the somerset county gazette and i might even have got the name of the paper wrong sorry lewis if you're listening uh, yeah, we got an Airbnb. So the, Sam had like all his laptop and stuff. So we were, we were going to go back out uh, probably to find Harry, who was uh, stayed at the ground, I think, drinking with the players. And we got so, but we need to get all the stuff back to the Airbnb, like all Sam's laptop and stuff, which understandably you didn't want to didn't want to lose. Obviously, being a, a fine wordsmith that he is, so we uh, we got back to our Airbnb. Tight, I can't remember exactly what time it was, and the key in the door wouldn't work. And basically, the lock was knackered, so we had to, Sam had oh, to ring no. up the host. We waited for half an hour for the guy to come out, um, fully expecting in these situations where people just they just wiggle the key in a special way and open the door. That didn't happen. It was an end of terrace place, but there was no kind of direct access to the back garden because it kind of dropped down, and then there was a lane along the side, so you couldn't quite get in there. But there was this kind of brick about a brick's width worth of like not not like a it was sort of a wall kind of abutted onto the ed- edge of the house so this guy is shimmied about 20 meters along this wall to get to the back garden fence jumped in opened the back door and let us in uh hmm. and obviously the lock was knackered which was a uh, pain in the ass. so we got a few cut off but that kind of put pay to us trying to get back to the ground or anything for a, a few drinks it's about one o'clock in the morning by the time that we uh we got in so we uh, we had a maccas uh Went through a big bag of kit that uh, that Don of Reese's kit that Don Topley very generously donated uh, 
and, and uh, old Sam uh, made the point to uh, make sure that we say, although we slagged on Topley off, he did do uh, very well in getting some uh, some of Reese's kit to donate for the. Uh, uh, it's an auction for um, uh, for whatever charity Barnaby and Grace's family would uh, would like the money to go to. So there's a load of Reese Topley kit which is going to be going up in there. We resisted the temptation to try it on and have our own little game of corridor cricket, uh, Topley versus Topley in the corridor. But uh, yeah, that was an eventful Friday night. But thankfully, uh, a safe trip, uh, safe and uneventful trip back on Sunday morning. And not, uh, well, slightly more or slightly uh, less eventful than the uh, trip that our trusty chairman had, judging by his tweets, complaining about the uh, the rail network on his way back down to Plymouth. <laughs> he should have offered me, a, he should have hit me up for a lift I, you know I was there but anyway oh dear anything else oh, anything else on finals day it was just I'm I feel like it was such an incredible day we should be doing about three and a half hours on this uh, the, um, the, the, the the mascot race was very disappointing wasn't well, it? it was, it was only half a mascot yeah. race and Stumpy was uh, disappointing the all new Stumpy we see all the videos of him down the Nuffield gym getting himself in shape and he's failed to deliver on the biggest stage it's kind of put a d downer on the day really isn't it <laughs> <laughs> oh nothing would as well um, oh I did meet a listener I got recognised in the stands I spoke to a very nice chat I forgot to properly introduce myself and uh, get his name so if you are if you are listening man who was in about uh, row N or whatever it is of the, of the Raglan stand and uh who bumped into me? Uh, do do let me know, and I'll uh, will uh, I shall uh, introduce myself properly on on Twitter or whichever social media platform you do desire. There is a negative though. It's fantastic, Somerset team. Oh, I'm getting a call. This is definitely a scam call. Let's hang that up. This fantastic Somerset team. 1-11, absolutely glorious players. We are not going to see them again this summer. They are going to be kidnapped and dressed up as Chris Packets when they should be playing in the Royal London One Day Cup. And as a Somerset member now, that just pisses me off that we only get to see these guys for one competition when they should be in two. And we should be winning two because of it. Because of the hard work that our pathway has put in our development, our coaches, the shrewd recruitment of overseas players that has led to a Somerset trophy is now not going to lead to another trophy because, like I said, they got to go up and dress up as bloody crisp packets for a circus for four weeks or whatever it is. That just, that, I just dawned on me today. That just, you know, doesn't sit right with me. I know it's the same point that we made week after week, year after year, but by God, that's pissed me off. In a in a funny way, we're the holders of both white ball trophies at the moment. We're the holder of the mm. most recent proper fifty over cup. You know, yeah. yeah. And yeah, as you said, I think we'd be in a vet with a very very good chance of winning the one the cup if we had a full strength team. We possibly could have won it once or twice in the last couple of years as well. So yeah, it's a massive shame. Um, I want to mention as well just how just how the team was basically at its best. That every player basically had just the tournament of their lives. Really, like. In sometimes in T20 cricket you can win a tournament without being at your best but the team as a whole was at its best and if you go through every individual player they all had a great tournament with with one exception weirdly Tom Abel had a relatively quiet tournament he didn't do bad possibly Lammers as well you'd, you'd have inked Lammers in as a regular yeah. for mm. that five slot wouldn't you I think, 
Yeah, I think of the guys who played the final, the regulars throughout the tournament, mm-hmm. generally, they all just had, you know, Banton, Smith, TKC. At the start of the season, I said, those three, you know, it'd be, it'd be great if Banton could return to form because we've lost Riley, so we need those three to, to fire, and they all did. You know, Green and Gregory had a tournament of their lives. Um, as we said, Craig and Henry in the power play were amazing. Literally, you could just look at every single player, and they just played out of their skins. And it showed we, we won 15 out of 17 games. So just... It all came together, basically, didn't it? The whole and we could easily have won the other two as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I was saying after three or four games, you know, we, we, we mustn't lose our nerve. There'll be one game in this tournament where we'll be 24 for five and it'll just be one of those things. And it never happened. Well, we Thank saw goodness. where the quarter, weren't we? 60-odd for five. And then hmm. we just seemed to pull, like, yeah. we, never had a, we never had a collective failure as a team somebody always pulled pulled it out the bag I think this the side is so well balanced as well the earlier point three hitters at the top and then you know two or th- uh, three quote unquote proper batters in the middle order couple of all rounders you know generally we've had two two spinners four seamers but always having six bowlers to give yourself that extra option I think it's just such a brilliant well-balanced side and Jason Kerr and Andy Hurry have got a lot of stick over the years from certain quarters but I think you have to tip your hat to them the way that they've managed this campaign the way they got that immediate signing of Ish Sodi in because he, he was probably as one of the main reasons why we won that tournament the way he bowled in the final was was absolutely incredible and he you know he didn't mm. let us down you think back to some of the other short-term signings we've had and what absolute disasters they've been but this time absolutely spot on I think you know the coaching staff never put a foot wrong Paul Tweddle the job he's done with the fielding I mean just utterly uh, utterly incredible standard incredibly high standards in the field I mean you know it must be amazing to field in a team like that you know where you as a bowler the confidence to bowl knowing that a batsman plays a really good shot and places it very well there's a good chance the fielder's going to chase it down and save a run or two runs or something that you know we all know playing at the standard we've played at the bowl of airborne it gets clipped through mid wicket and mid wicket doesn't move and it rolls to the boundary it's very deflating this must be the complete opposite and i think you were going through the team chef and i think the other thing that's the key is that pretty much everyone in that team is a gun fielder now. Yeah. You don't, you know, okay, you could you can nitpick and you say, oh, you know, whatever, he's better. Because you've got some outstanding gun fielders, but you've got, you know, when your big six foot four, six foot five fast bowler takes a record number of catches mm-hmm. and fields as well in the outfield as he does. Well, and times, that was another, times two, that was a times moment. two, Craig yeah. and Casey. Yeah. yeah, okay, but. That was the other wonderful moment for me. And much as I love both Overtons and I miss Jamie terribly, Craig catching Jamie was quite a nice mm. moment for a Somerset support. Well, ja- Jamie caught him in the uh, in the home game, didn't he? So that was nice to return. Yes. Over. Yeah. Yeah. And that was well. Watching that back, that come one of the most moronic comments on on commentaries. Alex Sudi goes, "Oh, that'll be discussed over the Overton family dinner table." That's the laziest commentary trope there is. Mm. Stop it. But you know, it was nice for Sky to give the Surrey live stream commentators the full reign of the pod on finals day. Who do they have? Butcher, Tudor, Sangakara. Anyone mm. else? 
That's three, sorry. I mean, what's what's Trigo got to do to get a gig, for goodness sake? I don't know. He was there last year. He was there last year. Apparently, one of the story commentators said that our bowling is a weakness or something. It's just like yeah, yeah. It's yes. we're not watching it. Somebody, somebody else said, "Oh, Craig's going to bowl his three in the power play here. That's unusual." I, I was like, "No, it's I not." Know. He's bowled three or four every game, isn't he? This year? One, one fun fact as well. I was thinking, Craig. I think Craig had returned for a second spell. I think it's three times all season, which is pretty mad. Like he's bowled three or four mm. to start most of the time, and that's it. Which is that's his job. It's, it's great. He came back for a second spell in either the semi or the final, didn't he? I couldn't believe it because he's only done about three times. So. One of them said that Somerset, Somerset don't travel well. That was another I line. I think Lydia Greenway yeah. said that, yeah. <laughs> and we've lost one away game all so season good. out of, so what, it was seven group games? Yeah. If you count the semi, so that's. I'll do, I'll do some maths on the fly here. So we would have had nine one away games, nine away games yeah. and lost one. one. Don't mm, travel yeah. well. Don't travel well. I think the sad thing for me was that it wasn't even a case they hadn't done their research because a, a lot of them commentating had commentated on Somerset several times this season. And yet all the things we were doing seemed to come as a surprise mm. for them. And the other thing was that they were on autopilot as, you know, praising Lewis Gregory. And that was very, I got the thing that was very much every time we can shoehorn reference to the Trent Rockets winning that other yeah. competition. You know, but mm. and, and that's not to take away from Lewis, who, as I said earlier, with that call to keep the bowlers on at the start of the final, etc., made so many good decisions. I think as well. Do you know what? It helps. I think he's a little, slightly more laid back than Tom Abel, mm -hmm. and in Championship cricket, sometimes you need to up the intensity. And I feel that in T Twenty cricket, sometimes you need a captain who's Mr. Calm personified. And when Excellent you see Tom, you know, we yeah. all love Tom Abel's. Tom Abel's desire and focus and everything, but when you see saw him go out to field in the final, he was so pumped, mm -hmm. and it was like I was actually like, I'm actually quite glad Lewis is skippering here because he's a bit maybe a bit more laid back and seems nothing seems to phase him really. But yeah, it's just it's just a wonderful wonderful tournament for us, wonderful day. As I was with Dan, I mean, I was just, you know, I don't think there was a single point until TKC took the catch that I thought the balance of probabilities was we were going to win it at any point. But hey, that's, you know, wouldn't have missed the ball for the world, so. Yeah, that could have, yeah, if if, if that had gone for four off the edge of Sam's back, that would have been then, what, 11 off nine? Yeah, nine that I I would have still fancied us. I would, I, I, well, I would have fancied us to create one more chance. Mm. Put it that way. Well, it's, yeah, possibly. <laughs> I think when we were when we got them nine down, I thought yeah, that was when I thought yes, we're going to win. I agree. I think then, yeah. I assumed down. that there would be another chance, as you said. I thought Sam surely will skew one at some point and hit it to a fielder. Because was... Beard took the strike, didn't he? he? Took a single off the end of the. Mm. Mm -hmm. what over was it well it was 70 to 80 whatever over it was it doesn't matter but we were like oh cheers there mate <laughs> we'll have that thank you yeah and then mm -hmm. second ball of that over Beard was bowled by Sodi. I think that's yeah, right. yeah that, yes. feels, that feels about right yeah yeah 17.2 I want to talk about it some more I can't leave it so I don't know what well, talking about well, it 
So you say you say that um, we're never going to see this. Uh, we're not going to see this team again this season. So what, what do you reckon to my proposal, which is built on the excitement of us playing World T20 um, back in the day, that this team should now be admitted to next season's hundred competition, so that they can stay together and not be robbed by the other uh, franchise teams and uh, take on all comers. Um, or uh, be entered for some other world T20 um, competition, but but create some. Um, I think it'd be particularly satisfying if they entered next year's hundred at the expense of one of the other franchises, so that there would be some jeopardy um, in that competition, which might even see the Welsh Fire drop out of the the hundred and be replaced by Somerset. There we are. That's my that's my controversial, provocative proposal for the evening so prior to finals day then we took on champ hampshire in the county championship no, <laughs> we'll talk about that. oh you just make a meal uh, yeah you because you while well, you're a hundred contracted players that we've got oh i don't know two division blast is still my my solution to all of this i mean you you, you could i mean let's say we were doing it this year you'd have all the guys under contract with existing hundred franchises that would then have to be seconded back to their counties, and then the teams would say, "Oh, well, we've got three, we got three players now missing, and and this, that, and the other." Um, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, what happens oh, to just the Monday Cup as well? Will we have? Will there be two summer yeah. sets at once? <laughs> yeah. Yes, uh, yes, there are a few practical uh, implications, but we've probably got um, uh, good enough uh, squad to have. Um, uh, two teams, given the performance that we put in against uh, against Hampshire uh, last week. I mean, just to expand on your on your theory, Peter. I mean, you could take the side that finishes first, second, third, probably fourth, maybe fifth, probably all the way down to eighteenth. I'd say, and put and put them in a in a competition in in the summer holidays. You know, some sort of competition that you really promote and and make a big deal out of, and you could call it, I don't know, the the vitality vlast or something like that and it could be uh mm. could be, it could be on free to air tv and you could get my, your best my, four teams in a finals day yeah that's yeah, really good my, my my proposal could be a sort of bridgehead or a kind of yeah a bridgehead to something like that you know it's a step in the right direction <laughs> you can tell you're a county president pete with your diplomatic skills on uh, on view here <laughs> trying to try to create some synergy between these two warring factions no, it was a semi joke. It was a semi joke, really. But I just, I do. It was great fun, wasn't it? That year that um, we did get to play against some of the franchises from around the world, and uh, it's really just your sort of thought about this is a great mm. team, and it would be lovely to see them up against well, the uh, anyone really. And maybe this competition is uh, is too small yeah. for them. I mean, the Champions League just died a death when about eighty percent of the players were playing in eighty percent of the leagues, and. <laughs> You know, yeah. you would have Somerset versus yeah. Mumbai Indians versus the uh, Hobart Hurricanes Curry versus the could have played Saint Lucia Zooks, and you got one player think. playing for all four teams. Well, there mm. has been there has it has been mentioned about bringing it back. I remember, yeah, I remember there's a Mike Afton asking a year or two ago saying about how the Champions League was effectively it was ahead of its time. Really, it was before mm. the leagues had sprung up. So it's potentially ripe for reinvention at some point. I just hope that. The blast winners would get to it, not the hundred winners, because the hundred winners then be playing a different format as well. Yeah, yeah. Although saying that, so, yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> saying that though, that 
there was also recently talk literally like the other day of a women's version of the Champions League and that said about having the 100 winners do it so I don't know that that I can't remember where I saw it but it was just sort of some sort of tentative talks maybe between the England Australia and Indian boards um so it could come back one day because they yeah the two times we were in the Champions League were amazing and you know, the second time particularly we got to the semi-finals <laughs> could have won it if I mean, it wasn't for the only way you here. could do it is if you you just had you had to field 11 homegrown players with no overseas that's the only way you could do it mm. else you'd I, I was going to say yeah you I reckon the rule should be you have to play if you or maybe one overseas qualifies, I, I think if your home team qualifies you have to play for them so so say say Matt Henry's yeah. IPL team got through. He's not in the IPL, but it's Brighton's sake. Say his I well, no that wouldn't sorry that wouldn't work. Say um say Banter was in the IPL and his IPL team got through. Banter would have to play for us and not his IPL team. You know. Yeah, yeah, that would work. But yeah, it's a good idea. I mean, that again is a, is, is a would be a competition with context, and you could develop yeah. history from that. Not watching, you know, what have we got now in in the major league cricket with a the Texas Chainsaws against the New York whatever they're called oh, no they're Mumbai Indians New York, aren't they? New York. Yeah. that is even worse that is even worse or is it better I don't know but yeah if it but was like the New York do you think we've got enough T20 competitions already no we need more Gibbo there's no T20 cricket on Let's right now if I want to turn my television on and watch something going on in Bolivia with some absolutely third rate South African overseas bowl it there's somebody who played for West Indies A ten years ago. You said you wanted to see this team some more, so I was trying to create a proposal <laughs> to achieve that. Not 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 to promote Bolivia against Chile. Well let's let's <laughs> see a few more of them in the candy championship side. Oh here here. Well we've got that opportunity now if they're sober by Wednesday. Hmm. Let's hope so. Yes. Uh, one thing about finals day, I enjoy. I really enjoy the uh, instead of seeing replays of the game and the action, I want to see more videos of people on that that bloody bungee fairground ride because I just love that. Let's see more of those. Let's not worry about the cricket because I think there are only about seven hundred eighty-two videos of people on that bloody bungee ride. We need at least five thousand. Let's just have a constant live stream on the big screen of that stupid bloody bungee ride Flint offered Trez went on it once about 10 years ago and now they seem to think that's the uh, that's what people want to see it's not yeah as you said the, they showed the replay of the wicket while we were celebrating the yeah. wicket and then one of the time we sort of paying attention again the, the replay finished and they were showing the bungee so maybe the people on the bungee fairground ride need to have the sky go on their phone so you can kind of watch the replay of the wicket on the sky go on their phone or ipad while they're on the bungee ride and if they drop their ipad and smash it so be it that's the price for going on the uh the silly fairground bungee ride anything more on finals day we've only done 45 minutes on it um, go on dan one more thing it's about the tournament generally i just love how we've won in so many different ways like yeah, game yeah, one we destroyed the opposition and chased it down and then we've had a few you know Sussex away we we, we uh, chased down a big score uh, a couple times away to Gloucestershire uh, home to Kent you know we scored two, more than 200 and defended it three or was it four times Kent away Essex home twice on finals day we defended a below par score you know we just find ways to win every time and it's been great just ticking off all these different ways mm -hmm. to win 
we're just such just such a well-rounded team. I can't help, can't just can't stop heaping praise on them. Um, just such a good T20 yeah, side, I mean, one of the best campaigns of all time by yeah, anybody. It just stands you in such good stead going forward as well, because you can draw back to that game. You know that game that you won, I suppose, about an hour ago. <laughs> defended a low score on the same pitch, but if you've done it all, you like to say you've done all all these. You've done it all in the campaign, so you're not a side that relies on it being a flat deck and you scoring 220 and your bowlers not being much cop. You're not a side with weak batting that relies on your bowlers defending 160 every week. It's just every, every single base is covered in that team. And we just need to make sure we get Matt Henry back next year because he is possibly going to be involved in the ICC World T20, which is... Yeah, but they won't play June. that. I suppose they won't play that the same time as the blast, or will they? They might. I, <sighs> thing is, they'll make sure the hundred will be in its usual slot. That's immovable. I'd have thought, and um, and even even so, the hundred that they'll make sure the hundred just no, no, no. Let's give well. the hundred complete exclusivity and play it in November. Well, yeah, fine by me. But yeah, but they will make sure the hundred does not crash for the T Twenty World Cup. The blast, they probably won't care so much about. So it might be a weird blast next year with a lot of. Uh, overseas talent missing and the England white ball players missing sadly but the England oh, test yeah. players will be available so that'd be something Joe Root will be playing the blast maybe you sure about that he played the blast yeah he, he loves playing the no he I mean there, there could be a celebrity oh, no, golf tournament on somewhere oh, yeah, that he'd yeah, rather yeah. go and play than play for Yorkshire he, he always likes to take the opportunity to play T20 doesn't he when he can he's played he's mm. played blast he played blast in 2021 2020 when he was available so but that probably wasn't trying to save Yorkshire from relegation, was it? Was it, Joe? No, no. Your, your, no, your hollow words in Wisdom Cricket Monthly. Love Yorkshire, love the county championship. I just don't love playing for Yorkshire when they're trying to stay in Division 1 of the county championship. What's that, Piers? I'm on my way, mate. I've got my clubs in the boot. <laughs> anyway, speaking of county championship cricket, the decision was made probably about this time last week to rest... Craig Overton, Matt Henry, Lewis Gregory, and Ben Green, I players, and Tom Cola Cadmore as well. A decision which backfired spectacularly as Somerset lost incredibly to Hampshire. They were absolutely humiliated over the four days. Hampshire scored 700, and Somerset were bowled out for 50 and 65 to lose by an innings and 695 runs. At least I'm assuming that's what has happened after all the predictions on social media. Whereas, in fact, Tom Abel led a young side, three 19-year-olds, Alfie Ogborn on debut, Shoa Bashir, young James Root, came within a whisker of pulling off one of the greatest upset wins in county championship history. They were absolutely bollocks by the end of that fourth day, having spent about 220-odd overs in the field trying to search for that last, those last few Hampshire wickets on, um, on what was a pretty flat pitch with that Kookaburra ball, but... By God, finals day made you proud. That probably made you just as proud, I'd say. James Rue, mm -hmm. what did you get in the end? 221. Shah Bashir yeah. bowled his absolute cobblers off. He must have been absolutely knackered come the end of it. I don't think that, that kid's ever bowled that much in his life. <laughs> Casey Aldridge, 88. Young Alfie Ogborn bowled with you know good accuracy. Swung it a little bit, picked up James Win James Vince as his maiden first-class wicket. 
and to push that Hampshire that's team. Not right. That's not right. Bashir already had first class. He, um, he had Alfie, no, Alfie Ogborn was first. Did I say oh, Bashir? I meant Ogborn. Yeah, Alfie Ogborn oh, was first. Sorry, 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 made the first sorry, class sorry. wicket, James Vince. Wait. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I thought. Oh, sorry. Second innings, Bashir got him. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I was up there to watch James Rue get... Well, not only his, his 100, but his double 100 as well on Tuesday. I mean... Wow. I mean, whatever, whatever the... Whatever the result with the Hampshire match would have been, the decision to rest, uh, you know, Craig, Matt Henry, Lewis, and, and TKC would have been the right one because they would have been fresh for finals day anyway. But I don't know about TKC. I thought TKC looked distinctly rusty on fi- on finals day. Yes, but his left hand, runs, his left hand was in tip top condition, Gibbo, and that's what mattered. Well, I dare say, <laughs> but he could have caught, taken that catch and he could have played in the game against Hampshire and he'd have been in better form for finals day, if you ask me. He looked very, very rusty. He, 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 you know, he was really struggling in both innings. But yeah, I mean, it was a fantastic performance and hats off to the 19-year-olds. I mean, James Rue mm-hmm. is... is I, don't want to, I don't want to get, you know, overboard on, on James Rue, you know... Um, it's uh, it's still early days in his career, but he appears to have everything that it takes to make a really top class batsman. Whether he's a batsman wicketkeeper or just a batsman, I think sooner or later he needs to move up the order to show that he can bat, you know, at, at three or four. Um, but his his greatest asset is the eight mm. inches between his ears. You know, he is just so cool, calm, and collected. I asked him after he got his two hundred if he is actually as cool, calm and collected as he appears to be from the sidelines. And he more or less said, yes, you know, he he stays in the moment. He doesn't get ahead (laughs) of himself. You know, if he's had a narrow escape, if he's been dropped, that's all put behind him. He just gets on with the business and and treats every ball on its merits. And he's he's got the perfect mindset for a proper red ball batsman. And the one thing I hope is that Somerset don't try and turn him into a, a white ball cricketer. That, you know, there've been a lot of people saying, "Well, he should be playing in the in the blast side. He shouldn't be playing blast side. He needs to groove his technique in red ball cricket, and then he can graft on some white ball stuff as well." In the way that Tom Abel has 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 done, because you know, five six years ago, you wouldn't have regarded Tom Abel as a white. No, ball how old was Abe's when he when he he kind of cut his teeth in the in the T twenties? 2018 was when he yeah. became a regular. So exactly, yeah, yeah, and that was that was a year after he'd started captaining the the, the, the side in Red Bull. And he bought out all these scoops and ramps and whatnot, but they were based on that sound Red Bull technique. technique. Yeah, you can tell they call them coaching points when you, you know, you're teaching kids how to play shots about where your feet should be and your shoulder and your and your head and this that and the other. But it's all there. It's all that really crisp, precise technique that Abe's has in red ball cricket and I, I totally agree I think Rui could be abs- absolutely the same the other the, I thought Shoah Bashir out bowled uh, Don Bess he looked, he looked much more likely to take a wicket that was the most very... massive story in Somerset cricket last week and I'd completely forgotten about it <laughs> <laughs> and and Alfie Ogborn you know he's, he's still very young um, but he but he bowled with good good control and uh, he didn't seem phased by the occasion at all, and and the left left arm over, you know, does does provide an important change change of angle of attack, and uh, I hope he gets he gets some more chances, and it'll be interesting to see what he does in the um, in the one day cup. 
Yeah, because that's starting in a few weeks. I've got a. We do have the slightly inconvenience of interrupting the uh, the week long celebration, the Gurbley Championship game up at North Hants, which starts on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I mean it was a it was a funny sort of selection because Umid came in at what was that? I what did he about five ahead right. of Lewis Goldsworthy? Yeah, I didn't understand that. Lewis yeah. Goldsworthy isn't, isn't fully fit. Well, I. I did a few tweets sort of saying, yeah, basically complaining about the decision to leave out Gold- Lewis Goals at the end. Lewis's brother, Jamie, liked the tweet or one of the tweets. So that implies that there was no injury yeah. involved. But yeah. I don't know. He was, he was named Yeah, but then Tom Banton's mum liked then. the tweet saying he was going to Warwickshire. So, you know. <laughs> yes, you did. You're quite right. <laughs> Who but knows? I just, but... I just don't know what's going on with Lewis Goldsworth. He's, he's palpably a much better player than Andrew Mead. Um, and yet, Umid gets selected in the in the middle order ahead of him, and and mm. bowled left arm spin as well. Was he? In the, he was would have been useful on the fourth day. He would. Yeah. Is he? He was in the. Was he in the squad for finals day? He was. He was. Yeah. Yeah. So there were a couple of shots not, in the dressing not... room, and he looked pretty glum. I've got to say, he didn't look a happy soldier. Well, I mean, he's well, he not wouldn't completely... be. I mean, he had his breakthrough season last year. And he hasn't he hasn't played at all this season. He hasn't mm. he hasn't played the county championship and he didn't play in the blast. He's yet to play for the Somerset first team. I mean that's you know, that must be really, really disheartening for the for the lad. And and you know, he did so well last last season. And he's he too has got a very good head on his shoulders. Mm. I just don't know what's going on with him. It just, just seems to be really on the face of it. It's very poor man management or player management, whatever you want to call it. You know, there may be more to it than meets mm. the eye, but on the face of it, it's not good. Thing is, this was inevitable, wasn't it? When we signed Dixon and Cola Cabmore and also Bancroft for a bit, this was inevitable. Someone, you know, players, you know, players were going to get left out. Um, there's basically yeah, but you don't get left out for Andy you meet. Yeah, I know, I know. Point. I mean, earlier in the season, basically it was a choice between goals or the Bartlett, wasn't it? In the championship, and yeah. Bartlett yeah. got took that spot and done well. I mean. <laughs> Yeah, this is a difficult one. Yeah, I mean, we've not been much on the conspiracy theories this year, but you do wonder if something's going on. I don't know. I mean, I jokingly tweeted that maybe Lewis Goldsworthy has done a poo in Mrs. Kerr's handbag, and <laughs> I don't know. But you. Very, very good taste, that is, Ships. Well, very good taste. I don't know. It's, it's my childish sense of humour coming to the fore. But I'm... Because previous times we said, oh, why isn't Gozoli playing in, in this game? And it's turned out that he has had, you know, he had that rib injury. Uh, but in this game, you'd think he would be playing as a straight, straight as a batter at number five, four, five, yeah, five. Mm. And that would have been ideal for him. And I don't know whether they thought that, well, Andy Umi did score these twin hundreds in that that second 11 game a while back. So we are maybe looking for an opener because Lammers and Short and Dicko haven't been set in the world of light opening the bat in the champ. He can't play the short ball. He can't play the short ball. As soon as, as, soon as he came in, the, the Hampshire bowlers dropped back their length and he was all over the shop. He's a he's too much of a front foot player, you know. He's, there's no way he's going to open the open the innings successfully against a, a quality bowling attack. I just don't, you know. 
I've no doubt he's an absolutely lovely bloke, and, and, and you know, I don't. Nobody likes to criticise players, but he, you know, he just hasn't got what it takes to succeed in first division county championship cricket. I mean, he's in the last year of his contract. Somebody else who's in the last year of their contract, going back to finals day, is of course Gregory. Lewis Gregory. Well, yeah. yeah, we had better <laughs> no, sign him. Another big drama. Well, I I would have thought if it had been done and dusted by now, it would have been an ideal time to announce it. I hope exactly. we are, I hope we I are think... going down the Tom Banton route of worrying where there is nothing to worry about. But until it's... I mean, Penn may have already been put to paper, we don't know. But until it is announced, as a fan, I'm thinking... Oh God! Not just a player, but as we talked about at length, what a fantastic captain he is of that side as well. And I reckon if it was happening, we'd have heard a rumor. And, you know, Crick Info on top of these things. You know, they've put out. You know, they've talked about the Worcestershire players leaving, the Derbyshire which, players which leaving. Which way rumor are you going? A rumor that he's leaving. I think if we'd have, yeah. if we'd heard Greg was leaving, I think we'd have maybe heard a rumor by now. It, it would be quite a big. Story. Well, there were rumours about Madison as well, and he stayed in the end. So I don't know whether it, you get the false positives out of these things. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. I mean, it could be the way, but there is a school of thought that says they want they waited until after finals day, and this little window before that other competition starts is the time to have the negotiations. Because mm-hmm. certainly, if you'd have, in the last ten days, if you'd have gone to Lewis Gregory and said, "Oh, by the way," Can we talk about your new contract? I think if I'd have been him, I said, you know what? Can we just wait till after Saturday, please? So, <clears throat> I, I, very I'm happy, more of yeah. a, I'll worry about it if I need to worry about it. And at the moment, I don't think I need to worry about it. Well, plenty are, Steve. I, I'm one of them. I'm not quite. No, no. I'm not quite at the level of. I'm not quite fully maxed out on the worry yet, but I'm just simmering. It's a very busy time for the club at the moment. We've had to get through finals. Oh, hi, Pete, we've got, we've got, got, we've got the women's. Uh, Come on. We've got the we've got the women's uh, game uh, tomorrow, oh, which yeah. is all consuming for uh, everyone in and around the club. Uh, and then we've got an away fixture at, uh, at North End. So you know, I, I think there's a lot to process, and it doesn't seem to me like a particularly obvious time to. Um, uh, uh, to make the announcement, so I'm not. Uh, I, I I would like him to have confirmed that he's uh, playing for us next season, but I'm not um, overly concerned at the moment. But I know nothing whatsoever about contract negotiations and have no <laughs> locus on them whatsoever either. So you can't read anything into uh, any sure of that. I'm not sure to be reassured or or concerned after hearing that. <laughs> Just a personal opinion. <laughs> I I would think it would take a hell of a lot to get Lewis away from Taunton now well, whether that hell of a lot has been placed in front of him by a, a certain county who is known for yeah, signing quality players from other counties who also happen to be the base of operations for his Chris Packett team who knows and Stephen Mullaney is not great these days yeah, I mean, it, it, he is such a good captain that that is bound to add to his attractiveness yeah. in the market. Oh, we know and, they love him. Yeah, well, we, yeah, we well they can't love him as much as we love him. No, exactly. No, 
Right. <laughs> but they've got more money. That's the trouble. If you look at how happy Lewis was of you know winning the trophy and stuff with us, achieving that mm-hmm. goal that's been there for so long, I just can't see why he would leave well, just, now. Just, you know? just remember how happy Pete Trigo was winning it for Nottinghamshire. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a little <laughs> bit different, was that? I don't. Did we offer Trigues a contract at the end of what would have been twenty nineteen? No, 2019? Oh, no. Yeah. no, he was out no, unceremoniously, mm. which is we the Somerset way of doing things. Well, we li- we live in hope. I remain in hope. I'm at a simmering level of worrying. Steve, what level are you at if we're using cooking metaphors? No, no I'm fine about it. I'm actually fine about it. I'm, I haven't, to use your metaphor, I haven't even turned the ring on the gas yet. Fair enough. Uh, anything else to uh, talk about on the uh, the Hampshire game? Uh, George- to go in a minute. Do you want to talk briefly about the game against North Ants? Well, we can do. I mean, we're off, we're off to North Ants. Well, I'm, uh, I'm going to go in about five minutes. So, so it's that a game we we really we really ought to win. Yes, we, we are. We are kind of at the stage now where we're looking up rather than down in that division and one do championship you, table. Do you think that you know we'll field a full side, or do you think we'll still be resting players no, in the I aftermath? Well, the unless they've got hangovers, I'd expect everybody to be out of the park. And who do you think the opening partnership ought to, to be? The two opening batters. Well, I think it ought I know to be who James, it will Roo, be. James Roo. But whether that's something to do right now, no, or I, I to think do... that's asking too asking too much for him to keep wicket and. What well, no, I I'd, I'd have Banton keeping wicket. All right, he can mm. do that. How are you getting goals at the end? Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, well, is Best still with us? What's said is a one. Honestly, make much of a case for being picked. If you're going to if you're going to bowl, there's no real case for bowling two spinners at Wantage Road. I thought it turned at Wantage Road, home of Swan and Parasad, or has that changed over the last few years? It's quite a bouncy pitch there now. Craig Overton. I was going to say we had that game a couple of years ago. It was over in about two days. Oh, was that the uh, first week of uh, the COVID, where it was about sixty-six? We yeah, we got up about sixty twice. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Tom Banton in the side. I think um, Sean Dixon has, has um, made the you know he's, he's done enough in, on finals day, oddly enough, mm. to show that you know he can, mm. he can do it. TKC come back in. I think George Bartlett deserves another go. I think I'd stick with Rue at number six for the time being. I'd like to see Gregory back, but I suspect they might rest him because of his uh, you know ongoing back issues and then Aldridge Overton Matt Henry Bashir and if Gregory isn't fit I don't know Aldridge yeah I've got Aldridge, Aldridge. I'm, thinking, I'm thinking that will round a slot at seven Josh Davy, I don't think he's fit he, was, he wasn't fit for final anyway it's Brooks, Brooks it or have to be. Osborne, then I guess Mm-hmm. What bowlers have we got? Well, Davey. I, I, have... I tell you what, I would like to. I would if if you're playing Overton and Henry, I was ah. I would go Aldridge and Ogbourne and Bashir as your five yeah, bowlers. I think I, think I would. Yeah. Too. yeah. Mm. That would be a great reward for the performance, wouldn't it? To yeah. Have the three and I think it's, it's good to show him as well that we didn't just bring yeah. you in because nobody yeah. else was fit. We brought you in because yeah. we rate you. We think you're a good bowler. What, uh, what, what were his figures? You know, you, you bowled your tits off on uh, 
on what was a pretty flat pitch. Two for 56 off 19 in the first innings and one for 33 off nine. So, I mean, if if any of the Somerset bowlers had returned those figures, you, you wouldn't bat an eyelid and say they'd kind of bowled really well or really poorly. Those are just really mm. sort of decent county championship figures. You know, it's not like he went for And he would benefit five. being part of that bowling attack. With, yeah. You know, you've got to benefit having Overton, Henry and... Oh, yeah. Casey Aldridge or whoever else in the side with you. That's That's got to help. Yeah, and it was his yeah. his twentieth uh, birthday on finals day. So uh, yeah, what a what a birthday party for Alfie Ogborn in that uh, whatever that suite was at Edgbaston. So what are we going then? Uh, Libby, not Libby. I put LB Lamanby. <laughs> Jake Libby, aka Tom Lamanby, Sean Dixon, Tom Abel, George Bartlett, no, TKC. I'd have Banton instead of Lamanby. Banton instead Lamanby's of Lamanby. Okay, uh, Ruitt six. Not in form at the moment. I don't know what's the, what the yeah. matter with him is, but he hasn't been getting runs. He didn't look like getting runs in the county championship, and he hasn't got runs in the blast either. So I think he, he needs a rest. Okay. So you possibly think that the, techni- think technical, the technical tweaks that Bance has made o- over the winter that he's going to be better equipped this time round to open the batting in Red Bull cricket? Well, I think he deserves a chance. Mm. He's worked so Perfect. hard at it. And it, you know, again, if we don't if we don't use him, we'll lose him. Fair dues. Where are we up to then? So Rue at six, Gregory slash Aldridge at seven, Aldridge slash Ogborn at eight, and then Henry Over and Bashir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a good side, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a game that we. I think if we win this, so that we totally then totally not worried about relegation. Yeah, yeah. Well, it? we're we're thirty-seven points clear of relegation at the moment, and thirty-nine points off the top. So happy days. Right. I'm going to love you and leave you. If all that's all right. Oh, what's for, what's for supper tonight, Gibbo? I don't know, but we've got a guest, so I mustn't. You've be got too a guest. Late. It's not Don, is it? No, 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 no! It's one of one of Claire's, one of Claire's friends. Okay. Coming, so. All right. Well, we'll let All you right. get off then to perform your husbandly uh, husbandly duties. Cheers, Gibbo. Yeah, have you, a safe trip up to North Ants. Uh, right. What else have we got then? Uh, oh, we haven't done listeners' questions yet. We're not going to do those this week. I'm just going to see if I can pick out any uh, any uh, juicy uh, tidbits from Twitter. I did ask uh, the Twitterverse for their two favorite moments, one from the group stage and one from the quarterfinals slash finals day, excluding obviously TKC's catch. So, uh, if you have put yours on Twitter, um, thank you very much guys. Uh, what, what were yours? Oh goodness. I think, I think the run chaser Essex as a whole mm-hmm. was my favorite thing in the group stage. And I think Craig Overton getting, Will Jacks was it? Oh, just so many wickets for that first wicket in the semi-final. Yeah, bowling where, the gate. Yeah. When I was, as I said earlier, didn't have a lot of belief, and that was suddenly that. Oh, hello! There, there might be something on here. Those were probably my two. Oh, you've just reminded me of something, Steve. I was queuing for a pint when that uh, Will Jacks wicket went down, and we all know Gibbo's oh. least favourite cider is Stoford Press, which is what was on draft at Edgbaston. So I'm, I, I forgot to mention that to him. I should have written it down. Look at the, notes, best I, look you all the notes I've written for tonight. I never normally write that many notes. 
Wasn't it? By the way, just to clear up, it was. No, Lorraine it definitely was Stoford Press, Dan. Believe me, I, I, I was said at the bar. I couldn't remember <laughs> who we got. Yes, Laurie Evans, it was. Yeah, that was the, the Will Jacks, yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, hold on a sec. Oh, no, that's all right. My recording laptop just said that, did I want to allow HP Smart to make any changes to my device? But I think we've, uh, we're still recording. Dan, your your two favourite moments on the group stage and the uh, and the final slash court um, final. Slash finals, finals day, day, as I mentioned earlier, I think finals day... Was it me elbowing you in the arm every five minutes going, stop fidgeting <laughs> around? No, 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 that was... That, <laughs> that was fine, don't worry. That was Don't worry about <laughs> it. Uh, not my favourite moment, but it was... Oh, shit, I still owe Matt a Kit Kat. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot my sun cream on finals day, and, uh, and uh, Dan's brother Matt lent. Uh, well, I say I say lent me. He's not getting it back. He gave me a bit of his sun cream, and I did promise him a Kit Kat chunky in return for that, and I and I forgot to give it to him. So, uh, right. uh, you won't mind. I'll, I'll, I'll pass it on. Are you at the women's ODI tomorrow? I'm not. No, but he is. So okay. Well, I'll, I'll have to find him and give him uh, an extra Kit Kat chunky in lieu of my my debt being uh, a bit less. But I did get a bit of sun cream in my eye. So about the first three yeah. hours of finals day, I was kind of like that, and I was going to the toilet every five minutes trying to wash it out. But and then when I got home yesterday, my wife goes, "Is your eye all right? It looks a bit a bit swollen." He's like, "Yeah, I got bloody sun cream in it yesterday." Believe it or not, you did need it, even with the weather uh, being what it was. Sorry, Dan. Mm. I'm sure that wasn't your favourite moment of finals day. Me barging past you every five minutes to go and try and wash sun cream out of my eye. But go on. That was <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, my favourite moment. I don't know. I think the, mo- the moment. I think I mentioned it earlier. The the ninth wicket in the final was the moment where I believe, yes, we are going to win this. I think that's that was my favourite moment. I think, and just Sony Sony had three wickets, didn't he? All of them were bold, weren't they? I think uh, in the yeah. final. Just yeah, um, just yeah, they were all bold. Yeah, Walter I mean, bold, Sody, Snater and Beard both bold, Sody. Yeah. yeah, and I think the it's the nature of a dismissal of bold, and the fact that the stumps lit up as well just somehow makes it even more special, I guess. I don't know. There's just something about those wickets which really get you going. Any bold wicket is exciting, isn't it? You know, mm. it's just like that. It happens in the second. But yeah, I think those were the, the ninth wicket was, was my favourite wicket, um, my favourite moment of the day I think. To not Yeah, because that was the moment when I believed that we were going to win. Um, the group stage as a whole, um, I mean, home to Essex, the one where we defended 150 odd that was probably the that was probably the winning moment of that was probably my favorite just seeing um sam cook or whoever it was running and them being a mix-up and just screaming run out run out you know um because that was to make it six wins from six we looked dead and buried and i was starting to think oh doomsday mm-hmm. scenario because we had we had Hampshire coming up at the Rose Bowl. We had Gloucestershire away coming up. We had Surrey coming up. I thought, oh God, if we lose this, then we might be on run next of three. Or something. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was just, the, the, the scenarios are going through my head. It's all could come apart, but yeah, we got over the line, and that was the start because that was you know what we were talking about earlier. You know, just we find we keep finding ways to win, and that was just an elite performance from the bowlers, wasn't it, Mr. President? Well, there's so many. Was, it, was your final men... day one when those Cockney wankers shut up on two boxes down from you? Well, that was excellent. That really, <laughs> that was that was that was that was very enjoyable. Um, uh, there was an interesting moment. Um, no, no, that's too indiscreet. I can't say that. Um, there was a. Um, oh right, you can't uh, say that, and then say no. <laughs> was it when Lewis Gregory no. came into the box to sign his new contract? Was that your favourite moment of <laughs> finals day? 
No, I was going to say something disparaging about uh, about Essex, but instead I'll say something Pete, nice about Pete, Essex. Have you which been listening to the last my... hour of this podcast? It's all you've been doing is saying disparaging things I know, about I think, Essex. I think I think I've done enough of it though. Um, uh, so one highlight was obviously um, having a piece of Toppers is uh, lemon drizzle cake at Chelmsford shortly before we um, smashed all the runs we needed in about fourteen overs. So that was that was satisfying. Um, another memorable moment, it's not a particularly sort of pleasant one, was in the game at Hove where the two Sussex overseas players Ooh, ran into one yeah. another and right down in front of us. And it was really nasty. And um, that that was a bit of a, a turning point in that game where they both had to go off and they lost Didn't one come a back lot on. of... Who was it again? Oh, yeah, McAndrew returned and did bowl again, didn't he, I think? Which, yeah, uh, Shadow yeah. didn't return. Yeah, he he didn't. He was out for a couple of games, wasn't he? But that was, and then at Bristol, the same thing happened when two of their players um, mm. uh, uh, ran into one another and and collided. Um, so, so I don't know. I don't have any moments. Like... The Somerset president wants more dodgeball in T Twenty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they were just strange sort of memorable moments. I, I think I personally really enjoyed going back to Bristol. So when I was a kid um, uh, growing up in Chippenham uh, and my mum and dad were both Somerset supporters. So we would all we, we were very much as kind of Somerset family. But when Somerset were playing a long way away um, and Gloucester were at Bristol, we would go to Bristol quite a bit just to watch the, the cricket. And I hadn't been back to bristol for years and years i mean why would you um because wow. uh, it's a bit of a trek for me and it might, but probably 30 years so to go back to um that ground with and all sorts of memories some things exactly the same as 30 years ago and some things completely um transform but to see such a commanding performance and if only will will smead had got a a uh, hundred that would have he's got to score loads of 90s i mean you know he, he's yeah. never scored a t2000 uh he he probably won't ever score a t2000 because he always goes for it so but but again Dan, that's you've a got a memorable gonna, moment Dan, 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 i'm feeding and... you i'm feeding you for a bite on this statistical <laughs> incongruity and you're not yeah. biting come on I'll let you off. We talked about our finals there, didn't we? Yeah. I'm letting you off. Don't worry. You, you are technically, in a way, correct. T20. 20 yeah. It's, I suppose it's like the way that they group in list A, which is everything from 40 up to 65 over cricket. Yeah. But mm. anyway. And your favourite moment on finals day, Mr. President? Favourite moment on finals day? Well, the 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 Cola Cadmore catch. I specifically it said about five minutes ago, apart from the Cola Cadmore catch, oh, I was going to just have all five of us going, obviously the Cola Cadmore catch. Um, uh, I don't... Uh, they, well, in that case, it has to be the, that Casey Aldridge catch, because if he, if he hadn't stopped that ball, that yep. was heading for the Raglan stand, and either you or Dan might have been hit by the ball, <laughs> and we wouldn't have been able to do the podcast. So, uh, and Ian wouldn't have seen it, because he still had sun cream in his eye at the time. <laughs> yeah, so it could have been very dangerous. So uh, there needs to yep. be uh, a, a special Cider Apple Award for Casey Aldridge. 
or you need to create a category for um, oh. life-saving catch of the season or something. We're going to have to create, a, yeah, we're going to have to create about five different awards because normally Vitality Blast Player of the Year is a pretty open and shut case, but now, uh, Christ, one to eleven, you can make a case for. Oh, yeah. this is going to be difficult. <laughs> Best number five batsman who is currently doing a master's uh, degree part time. Why well not Sean Dixon? Best captain, Lewis Gregory. Best member of the Open. Well, I, I digress slightly, but it's great that 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 category is going to be so difficult to decide this year. And yeah. well, I don't want to decide. We how, how do we do it? I've forgotten now. We each choose our top threes, and then we do the most votes, don't we? God, that's mm. going to be difficult. I might not even be able to get Roller in his number one this year. It's gonna take it's gonna take some some doing for me to make a case for roller this year, but Oh, that would be a that would be a highlight for me, that moment um on the, oh, the finger pitch at Chelmsford the when he finger oh yeah pulled his finger back in. Yeah. 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 I mean credit oh. to Roller. I, I I bumped into Tom Abel during one of the raid breaks because uh the back of the Raglan stand is they, that gate is right near the indoor school, so we kinda saw them all coming and going and uh, I bumped into Abe's, I just said, Oh, all fit well about roller and he said oh late fitness test which i assume was roller taking some high catches and seeing whether he winced in pain or not but you know if anybody he must have been literally medically unable to play to not take the field on finals yeah. day so he had his fingers taped up at mm -hmm. the presentation so that sort yeah. of indicates to me if you if you're strapping your fingers up to hold the trophy you probably aren't going to be wanting to take you know, thank goodness he wasn't on the end of that Casey Aldridge catch. That might not have been good. No, Rolo, you know, he still would have, he would have caught it in his mouth. He would if have he held had to. It to it. Yeah, yeah. True. Some way yeah. he would have caught it. The, the bulldog. Yeah, he got a stand innovation as he walked past us because uh, obviously the Somerset because there's four teams and only kind of two main dressing rooms at Edgbaston. Uh, the Somerset and Surrey was it Surrey changing at the Birmingham end and yeah. Hampshire and Essex in the Pavilion. So. To get make your way to the dugout, all the Somerset and Surrey players had to walk past our stand, and it's fair to say all the Somerset players got standing ovations, um, and some of the Surrey players didn't. Jamie Oban got a bit of stick, which I thought was unfair because he left in all yeah. the right ways, and we, we, we'd still have him back. We love you, Jamie. Jamie, come yeah. back. Uh, we do for mine. Uh, my group stage was the same as yours, Dan. Uh, beating Essex at home, defending that 150, because before that, there was still that little bit of doubt, is or is this maybe a little bit of a flash in the pan, are we overperforming, have things gone our way, but yeah, to defend that 150 against a, a pretty decent side was, uh, um, and get that W for that game was uh, a real marker for me, and uh, I don't know why, for it, I kind of just, asked myself the question and just decided that whatever popped out first was going to be my moment of finals day and it was when Ben Green had Sam Curran caught with his first ball because it kind of sub summed up Ben Green's campaign of uh, right of people not learning that if Green has bowled you this ball which you can you think is an absolute I don't know floaty long half volley that you are well within your ability to smack over long off for six and then go haha aren't I good you have not been watching Ben Green throughout this Vitality Blast campaign. So uh, 
Uh, I forget who was it took the catch. Was it Craig or was it Matt Henry? It was, yeah, it was Matt Henry. Henry Matt Henry, uh, just on the edge of the ring. First ball with the Ben Green bold. Having Sam Curran caught was my champagne moment there because it was also quite a big turning point in that game as well. Uh, getting mm. them 38 for four uh, fairly early on. What a week it's been, chaps. What I'm exhausted it's just thinking yeah. about it. I know, it's just such... I mean, finals day is a long day to begin with. I mean, it was up at half past six to, to drive up and then obviously in the ground from, what was it, half nine to about 11 o'clock. It's, it's a long old day. I, I'll give day. It, can I give a shout-out to Ben Warren as well? Because obviously Ben is, you know you got guys like Ben, like Spencer, um, who, who are working during the day, but they're also Somerset fans. I mean, the ringer that we were put through during that, the emotions going through in that semi-final and final. And I can't imagine having to sit through that whilst having to try and do a day's work as well. So uh, uh, great work, Ben. Great work, Spencer. Um, Spencer had quite a fun night because he, he was in charge of getting everybody back on the coaches to Taunton at the end of play. Um, it's not like a cruise ship. Whereas if you're not, if you if it's docked and you're not back on the ship at uh, at a certain time, they just drive off. Uh, they were waiting for people, and Spencer was trying to corral everyone. Uh, so well done, Spencer. Well done, man. Well done to all the the backroom staff as well, and of course, well done to the players. Well done to the coaches and everyone at Somerset CCC. What a week it's been. I feel like this time next week when we hopefully talking about a championship victory against Northampton it's going to be a bit of a downer I don't how right here's here's a question for you how can the Northamptonshire game top finals day what needs to happen James Rue gets a triple hundred <laughs> no that see that and would that Alfie, wouldn't surprise me and Alfie Ogborn takes a hat trick both I think James Rue needs to go past Brian Laura's 501. <laughs> For this upward, you know, in business or whatever, you talk about, right, we're on an upward curve. Let's keep it going. What can we do? Let's keep the momentum going. James Rue is going to break Brian Laura's world record. Somerset are going to be 40 for four again, like they inevitably always are on on uh, what day are we talking? Wednesday morning. Wednesday. James Rue is going to strike to the crease at about 12 o'clock. He's on Wednesday. He's going to leave the crease at uh, probably five o'clock on Friday. Five hundred and three not out because he can't just break it by one. Okay, that's going to be my prediction for uh, the North Ants game to surpass final Does, day. Uh, Casey Aldrich is going to get a double hundred at the other. Oh end yeah, someone's got to be with him. Yeah, no, and then. Casey Aldridge is going to break James Rue's 503 not out a couple of balls later by going on to 504 not out. Oh my How about that? If you uh, feel I'm talking think... a phenomenal about a rubbish list, I'm, uh, I've had two bottles of Katie for this podcast, which, as you all know, is uh, loopy juice once you get into a couple of bottles of it. So, uh... Dan, what does uh, the North Ants game need to do to surpass finals day? Yeah, I think you've already said it. Um... Maybe you know, maybe Craig to take all twenty wickets as well. Oh, that'd be that good. <laughs> oh, yeah, both both of those can happen. Yeah, yeah. Are you suggesting that uh, Matt Henry might go wicketless? Well, yeah, it's, it feels unlikely, doesn't it? Um, maybe Henry will take all twenty. Maybe, Craig, maybe, maybe James Drew is so tired good. after his five hundred and three not out that Matt Henry keeps wicket and takes all twenty catches mm. off Craig. There we go. Yeah, that'd be quite something. And maybe, oh, maybe they're like 
all in a row. We just get we just get them all out in ten balls in each innings. Yes. <laughs> Was it Captain Manning used to say? I think we're getting into the realms of fantasy yeah, there, yeah. James. Much more likely is that we, we find ourselves needing four off the last ball of the game and manage to do it, edge through the slips. Bash, show Bashir hits a creams a cover for, drive for four to win the game. No, Show yeah. Bashir breaks Casey Aldridge's record for the highest first class oh. score. <laughs> Somerset Amass 2,781 for 9 declared Matt Henry keeps wicket Craig Overton takes all tw all 20 wickets in 20 balls because obviously we make them follow on uh, yes I'm going to have my dinner <laughs> <laughs> we haven't even discussed the possibility of Tractor being a concussion sub <laughs> Oh, gents, it's been a pleasure. I'm sure there are going to be much more depressing and miserable podcasts to come, but by God, let's enjoy it while we can. Absolutely. Yeah. Blackbird, yeah. I will have Till next week, guys. Thanks for listening. It's been an hour and a half. Take care, everyone. But I hope it's been enjoyable because these, these days don't come along too often. Steve, Pete, Dan, and Gibbo, who's uh, entertaining. Catch you all next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks a lot. Cheers, Tara. See ya. Bye.